a doctor in the house. Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of loving you. Doctor. 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 And doctor. It's time for Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Rashid Batar. I'm a doctor, not a bricklayer. I'm a doctor, not a mechanic. I'm a doctor, not a coal miner. The doctor is in. Yes, the doctor is in, and just in the nick of time to answer some crazy phone calls coming into the Robert Scott Bell Show, Dr. Batar. Welcome, my friend. Hey, Robert. How are you? All right, all right. Seems like what we call the bad guys are stepping up their attacks on us and, and you know, all the folks that are really, let's say, not uh, uh, aligning themselves with so-called status quo consensus in vaccinology. Well, you, we've talked about this many times before about the death struggle and i think it's just increasing it's that last gasp that they have left it is it is that case where they're they're feeling the heat they're feeling the wake up you know we've got autism one coming up next month before we know it uh more parents more families than ever are questioning at the very least the official vaccine schedule at the very most the basis for vaccines all together and it's got them very nervous because all of the things that used to work for them to put the cat back in the bag, so to speak, not working the same way anymore. Yeah, actually, the information that's coming out now, and you know, we're going to be presenting some data that has never been shown, actually. We've got mm-hmm. more than 8 million data points now. Just some of the samplings of what we're going to show helps to validate exactly what these parents are already talking about. And, of course, the opposing argument is that well this is anecdotal this is just what the parents think but you know when you're in a position that some of the providers are in where you see the same story happen over and over and over again the same story that's presented by different parents same situation same scenario they say that always and never are never true in medicine however in this case it always is true there's always some type of issue that has occurred related to a vaccine vaccine exposure uh proximity of multiple vaccines given um, or some other type of exposure that's been documented and the child ends up having a rapid deterioration, sometimes as fast as hours, usually days, sometimes weeks or months, but there's a market difference. And then the child that was speaking, the vast majority of the time, I'd say 90% plus of the time the child was speaking prior was communicating in various manners, whether there was uh, a lot of words or there was the initiation of words or there was even babbling, but then all that starts to disappear and the child no longer has any expressive language. So these types of things, when they happen over and over and over again, and it's always related to the vaccines or the vast majority of times a parent can specifically tell you that it was you know, like nine days after he got his second set of vaccines or something like that, then it's hard not to sit back and say, well, of course, all these parents are seeing this. And you can no longer tell a doctor that's seen a thousand cases of this, or like in our case, over 1900 now over the last 15 years, that, oh, well, this is anecdotal. It's not anecdotal. It's over and over and over again. And here's the funniest part. Mm-hmm. In my patient practice, at least, as I've told you before, Robert, on the air and off the air, 20% or more of the patients that I treat, they're children of physicians. So... Uh, in fact, I believe at Autism One, I'm going to have a couple of the physicians that are parents that have come to me coming there uh, with their children. There's one particular one who's going to probably be doing one of the workshops with us. She's a pediatrician and her husband is a dentist. And uh, you talk about the two professions where there's a lot of 
exposure to mercury as far as you know introducing mercury into people right. one is dentists and the one are pediatricians from the vaccines more and more of the parents and these are doctors that are not integrated doctors these are doctors that are mainstream they prescribe drugs their practices are normal practices and they're not questioning they're even starting to say you know wait a second there's something going on here and you know we don't even have to talk about this anymore because i think we've probably beaten that horse yeah, yeah. down long now because even the journals now they're publishing data to show that 50 percent of americans don't even believe what the government and what the medical hierarchy says about the relationship between vaccines and specifically thimerosal and autism they don't even believe it so no matter what the propaganda is and what the what the storyline they're touting the public already is aware that it's all bs well, what happens, Dr. Batar, when the drug and vaccine pushers no longer push drugs and vaccines? Who do they get to do it next? Well, who who do they get to do it next? Well, the question is, what do they push next? <laughs> well, yeah, I, I guess. I mean, I'm just I'm thinking about that part of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm just we thinking just the, GMOs. That's when the, that's when the genetically modified foods. I think they're starting to push that agenda, you know, forefront in front of the uh, vaccines and some of the drug issues, and God knows what else. Then they start having the you know, these uh, devices that they're talking about that are supposed to be smart meters and various other types of electronic devices that are going to disrupt the energetics that we're exposed to. So I'm more concerned about the next, no, I'm not, not, I shouldn't say I should be more concerned about it, but rather than who's, who are they going to get to push the current agenda, I think the current agenda will disappear as with the three phases of truth that we've discussed before. Right. And there's going to be something more and more sinister that they're going to start to push yeah, you know, we got to be ever vigilant in defense of our not only liberty but of course our health and vitality and physiological integrity. Now, there are folks that we don't mind answering questions when they ask them sincerely and even want to debate if they're basing it on not just emotion or pure emotion but on some semblance of logical argument or if you do want to reference peer-reviewed literature, we don't mind talking about that either. But there are folks that seem reasonable at one point, but then when they get down to the point of challenge, like if I were to ask them, I think we mentioned this last week, is there peer-reviewed literature specifically done, like uh, placebo-controlled, double-blinded type studies, uh, then they get very angry. Now, I had a call recently, I played it on the air yesterday with Stephen Hewer, and I thought, you ought to hear this again, or for the first time, I should say, but I want to hear from my audience, if you listen Sunday, you're going to hear this again, but it's quite a, seemingly quite reasonable, someone who just wants to know the answer to a question until the end of the question, and uh, Super Don had to do some uh, creative uh, editing over what was said. So we're going to hear that right now, a call from Andy in Austin, Texas. Oh, hi. My name's Andy. I'm from Austin, Texas, and I just happened to wander across your stuff here, uh, taking a look at your anti-vax stuff, and I'm just wondering, my question is, what happened to polio? What happened to smallpox? Um, what happened to whooping cough, and why is it all of a sudden coming back? And why are you such a f***ing idiot? So he basically asked what happened to, to to polio, where did it go? Where's smallpox? And, you know, just seemingly reasonable, I want to know, right? And then suddenly he says, and why are you such a mm, bleep idiot? And, and Dr. Batar, this is the kind of, of, of lack of, 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 of cognitive capacity to just run down to the epithets at the point that you don't like to even listen for the answer. Yeah, well, the thing is, we've we've answered all these questions before. What happened to polio? What happened to all these things? I mean, we've talked about it over and over, right, Robert? I mean, so people are 
obviously they know what happened to it if they've been listening to the show. And if they haven't listened to the show, then they're just coming in and either they weren't causing the disruption intentionally or two, they're hoping that uh, other people haven't heard the previous shows that they've been probably listening to themselves and then posing these same questions. So before we talk about the aspect of the individual who left that kind of a message or made those type of statements, let's talk first about what actually happened to Whooping Cough, mm-hmm. um, what happened to polio, what happened to uh, smallpox, and uh, then I think the the evidence will point to who the bleep, bleep, bleep idiot really is. <laughs> That's uh, a nice way to say it. Right. So, I mean, what happened to that? So we've talked about it. And do you want to talk about it? Or you, I mean, I think I, I've said it so many times on the air, but you knew about this before before actually I did. So, Well, yes. And, and it, it goes to a, a paradigm, a schism in the paradigm in medicine when they adopted the concept of the germ theory and Louis Pasteur's, uh, you know, borrowed or stolen science. Uh, and in fact, you know, the idea was that if you... Uh, you know, basically came into contact with a so-called pathogen that you would automatically always be sick and or maybe even die. And, of course, it's not based or rooted in science. Uh, Pasteur was claimed to have recanted before he died. I don't know. I wasn't there. And acknowledged his contemporaries, who I believe were the real geniuses that are still not taught in medical schools in the West, uh, Antoine Bechamp and Claude Bernard. I mean, these are the folks that really understood the reason why disease occurred as opposed to the the exposure mechanism of fear, you know, the, the, the mere accident of coming in contact with a pathogen. So that's a very uh, fear-based paradigm, a, a victim-based paradigm. And, of course, a lot of people embrace it because it means they don't have to have a lot of responsibility for their lives. They could just get a shot. Miraculously, they theoretically won't get sick. Exactly. And, you know, to specifically answer what happened to smallpox or specifically happened with some of these things, if we just look at polio, which I think is a, is a big one, as we've discussed this in prior shows, and I hate to keep on saying that. It seems like we just keep on reiterating the previous shows. But the issue with polio, if you look at the incidence of DDT and the usage of DDT in industry, and you plot it on a graph with the time factor of when it was being used and the volume of which it was being utilized in, the, the amount, the capacity that it was being utilized in. Right. And then you correlate that. With the uh, with another graph and looking at the incidence of polio from a time frame standpoint and the c- number of cases as they were occurring, the the graph is almost identical. And when you superimpose them, you notice that there's about a six to nine month, maybe up to a year lag between the incidence of DDT and the incidence of polio. So as DDT went up, polio went up. As DDT came down, polio came down. As uh, DDT spiked, uh, the use of DDT spiked in industry, so did the incidence of polio. And this is something that I wasn't aware of until I saw the graph, the, the artwork actually that Liam had put out. And mm-hmm. then you see posters of the use of DDT in marketing, conventional marketing back then. Yes. And actually, it's right along with the cigarette use when they said, you know, cigarette a day keeps the doctor away. Right, right. Actually, yeah, well, hey, th- everybody think about that for a moment. We're going to come back. We're going to continue talking about these diseases that were definitely not eradicated by vaccines, but that's the problem. These folks don't understand that. We'll do our level best. Outside the box, no, not Wednesday. It is Advanced Medicine Monday with Dr. Roger Dittar. We're coming right back. The Robert Scott Bell. in the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. 
All right, we were just reiterating with Dr. Batar the fact that uh, polio, uh, more related to neurotoxins or neurotoxicological assaults on the body, which makes a hell of a lot of sense for anybody learned it in the field of toxicology. But, of course, the fight against that kind of information coming out has everything to do with issues of liability and industry. Industry and government. Government uh, supposed to regulate industry. Industry purchases the regulators, and therefore they're very kind to them. And then when the regulators leave the government, they end up with cushy jobs in the industry they were regulating. I don't know what's so difficult to understand about that, Dr. Batar, but the people that scream at us about vaccines don't seem to be willing to look at that information. Well, I think that first we need to qualify that. I think that the people that... um that are detracting from our message there. It's not that they don't understand it. I think that they do understand it. I think that's why they're trying to prevent us from getting that information out there. So it's, it's not that they don't understand Robert. And you probably already know that it's, it's more that they are trying to create detraction. Sure. Well, I, I think that the, the, the folks, the, if we can call them the average folks that sincerely for whatever reason, believe in, the concept of vaccination, they haven't really dove deep into it like we have. Uh, they might not be paid shills of big pharma, and they might have be genuinely upset because they are brought into a fervor by those who know better, who are specifically designing public relations campaigns to stir up the folks that haven't come to this awareness, and they become the unpaid little armies that try to uh, somehow derail this knowledge from getting out there. It's not working anymore. I find it more amusing and sad than anything. Uh, but yeah, you're right. There are on the level of the public relations campaigns, they absolutely know what they have to do to avoid all liability. Yeah. And, and that's really what it comes down to. It's just, uh, you know, they're, they're paid hands or hired hands, as you said, hired guns. Their goal is very simple and uh, their job is easier because all they have to do is convince people that the BS that they've been told is the truth. They don't have to do much more than that. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not that hard because they don't have to convince somebody of a new concept. All they have to do is convince people that everybody else, every all of the messages you're hearing are not true. That's all they have to do. Mm-hmm. But what they have going against them is the fact that people are no longer have no people don't have the, as you say, sheeples. They don't have the sheeple factor as much <laughs> anymore as they no. used to. They're, yeah, they're losing the ability to control the masses, and it's a very scary place for them. So as you talk about the dying throes of, of a paradigm or an animal or, a, you know, even a, you, you become very dangerous in the things that they're willing to do. Now, we're just pointing, I guess, pointing the light, shining the light on that. And I think most people that listen to us each week uh, are embracing it and very excited about the potential that, that these, their children or grandchildren are less likely to be harmed by the medical industrial complex. Yeah, and I think that if everybody is truly motivated, including those that are detracting from this message, if they're truly motivated for uh, benefiting their children in the future, for you know their future progeny, then they have to look at this message. In other words, you've said this before. How are these people? that are detracting of people that are opposing what we're saying, how can they go to bed at night? Because don't they understand and don't they realize that they themselves and their children will also suffer? Mm-hmm. And I think more and more is that happening. I, I believe that's happening because I've seen certain people that are vested on the other side but almost cross over or in private, in secret, in confidence cross over or 
in fact, even uh, the president of the Institute of Medicine, remember, uh, what's his name, Dr. Something Smith, uh, John Smith, Jim Smith, during Simpsonwood, the guy mm-hmm. who stood up and told the epidemiologists to reanalyze the data to uh, the, the data that was presented to show that the, there was not only a statistical correlation but a highly significant statistical correlation between the use of thimerosal and in vaccines and autism. Right. And he told the epidemiologists to reanalyze the data, and they said, you can reanalyze the data till kingdom come. It doesn't matter. I'm paraphrasing here. Yes. Uh, that it doesn't matter. It's going to still be statistically significant. And then he stated to everybody that was there, including the six or eight or nine, whatever it was, pharmaceutical companies, you know, made a comment that his grandchild had just been born and he was going to make sure that his grandchild was not going to get the vaccines. However, it was important that this information not get out to the public. Right, right. Well, this is this is what is is coming out to the public now. And just this past week, Brian Hooker was on the show again, Ph.D., who has uncovered some more data sets that the CDC published that reveals that they knew as of 2002 that uh, black boys, black children, particularly boys, were 3.4 times more likely after MMR being on time to get autism. Stand by. We're going to come back with Dr. Batar after this. The Robert Scott Bell Show. In the health world through the power of radio. It's the Robert Scott Bell Show. If you're a new listener to the Robert Scott Bell Show, particularly Mondays when we get together with Dr. Rashid Batar, it's called Advanced Medicine Monday. Why? Because, well, it really is advanced medicine. You can look up on the web. We've got links to Dr. Batar and all the videos that you can download as well. And the book, the international bestseller, The Nine Steps to Keep the Doctor Away. That will be revealed and a whole lot more. At Autism One coming up, I just got confirmation that Dr. Batar will be joining, you know it, Ty Bollinger and me, RSB, together in Asheville, North Carolina, sometime between the 18th and 21st of July in the mountains, the southern Appalachians. Dr. Batar, we're very excited to have you there, too. Well, I think that they decided to ask me to come there, Robert, because they were afraid that you wouldn't be able to handle Ty there by yourself. <laughs> you, you, how did you know? Oh, yeah, they figured that they, we, they would need a couple of parole officers. Yeah, there. we thought Dr. Batar was out of hand. You should see Ty and, and having them together. It is just going to be something you do not want to miss. So uh, the summer family travel schedule just got a heck of a lot more interesting. Dr. Batar and hopefully family. We'll uh, come up to Asheville, and we'll all be together. So make plans now, as well as for next month in May uh, in Chicago at Autism One. So the 21st through the 25th, we'll see you there. Now, we're going to continue our discussion. We had a you know a caller to the show ask questions about where did all these diseases go? How you know kind of how dare you insinuate that vaccines didn't have anything to do with eradication of disease? We've already gone through and, and reiterated uh, again, time again, but we'll do it as much as we need to. Uh, the fact that, like with polio, the toxicological Im- interaction of DDT, other neurotoxic components, and then uh, there are other ailments or diseases. And you have to go back into the history books. I had the great fortune of uh, doing a, a CE course for the gastroenterology conference for the National College of Natural Medicine in Portland, Oregon. And I was uh, introduced to a historian there that's written a number of books on naturopathy. And it is just stunning how much information Dr. Batar exists around the turn of the last century, early part of the 20th century, how many diseases were tracked, including the smallpoxes of the world 
and how successful naturopaths and homeopaths were in eradicating the disease with little to no mortality versus the allopathic doctors to be and their 40, 50 percent or more mortality rate. Yeah, I think that probably one of the greatest things that a person can spend some time reading from a historical perspective is the history of how medicine became medicine in the last hundred years, starting with the, is it the Friedman Report? Flex, um, the Flexner Report. Flexner, yeah. Flexner Report, sorry, Flexner Report, right. And I think Ty's book actually does a pretty good job of that, and so does uh, Liam's book. Is, but, you know, history tends to repeat itself, and I think anybody who says that they're concerned about their health, their wellness, their longevity, that's really what you need to first and foremost do. You need to read and understand how what we call medicine today, conventional medicine, how it actually started, and, and what the roots of this industry truly are because once you start to see the truth once you start to see actually how it started why it started what the motivation was behind it then there's an appreciation and an understanding that is otherwise difficult to really appreciate i mean mm-hmm. you, you just can't really understand you know it's right now if people are listening to us robert if they just tune in for the first time right. we may just seem like we're people that are dissidents we're you know we're from planet yeah. mars or something right or, or we're, we're we're like the we're like always the troublemakers you know we <laughs> we need we need a fight to be involved in and if we don't have a fight we're going to find another fight type of thing but actually it's that's anything but the truth history shows where this problem arose and we just happen to be aware of the history we happen to be aware of what has transpired and don't want that to transpire again you know one of the songs that I may hear music and I may like it. I like the beat, but I can't tell you who sings it or anything about you know the artists or anything. But there is a song mm-hmm. that I learned all the words to because I found it to resonate so strongly. We actually used to play it before the Amps for medical courses, and it's that song by Gnarls Barkley, "Crazy." Crazy by Gnarls Barkley. Yeah, dude, I'm we gonna should. have to ask my kids about that one. We're gonna have to actually. You know what we should do? We should actually play it on the show sometimes. But the okay. words are so powerful. Um, because it says, you know, maybe I'm crazy. It starts off by saying, maybe I'm crazy, and then it says, possibly, and then at the end of the thing, it's saying, maybe I'm crazy, maybe you're crazy. But the whole gist of the song is talking about it's that he actually understood. He knows it's not that he's crazy, he just understands. And he knows things now that he didn't understand before. Maybe at the next break, we can look up the words and then we can just read the words because the words are so powerful. And that actually brings home the point that if you really want to understand what happened in the past and if you want to know what's going to happen in the future, then it behooves you to actually read history and understand it. In fact, my production assistant over here, my mm-hmm. wife, just, yes. uh, uh, had sent me an email and I'm looking up the email with those words to the song. Well, she just happened to be here in the clinic because she was getting the treatment today. So <laughs> she's sitting here in my office watching me live. So I have a one-person live audience. But she just pulled up on her cell phone the words to the song. See? You want me to just read them real quick? So Yeah. How good is that? That's perfect. Okay, so uh, the song goes, I remember, I, remember when, I remember when I lost my mind. There was something so pleasant about that place. Even your emotions have an echo in so much space. And people probably may recognize the song. Mm-hmm. And when you were out there... Should I try to sing it, Robert? That would be kind of embarrassing. Do you want to sing it? I, 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 Super Don would say, I double dog dare you. I don't know if you want to, though. No, I don't think I want to sing um, Although I did sing when I was in high school. But anyway, um, and when you were out, out there without care, yeah, I was out of touch. But it wasn't because I didn't know enough. It was 
because I knew too much. Mm. Does that make me crazy? Does that make me crazy? Does that make me crazy? Possibly. And then he goes on to say, and I hope that you are having the time of your life, but think twice. That's my only advice. Come on now. Who do you, who do you, who do you think you are? Ha, ha, ha. Bless your soul. You really think you're in control? Well, I think you're crazy. I think you're crazy. I think you're crazy. Just like me. Um, the song is an awesome song. Then it goes on this part. Uh, some of the doctors that have come through the course, this is the part that, because um, they, they kind of they played it for me, mm-hmm. kind of like this was, uh, it, 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 there was an energy behind the song. Sure, but I, I think the, the point that, that I heard in the words, you know, the, about knowing too much, mm-hmm. anybody who knew too much in a culture where information was suppressed and controlled was somehow converted, ostracized as being crazy because you don't want them to start uh, swaying the masses to information that is used to control them. So right. I, I think it is a profound song. I, I probably have heard it. it just well, uh, we're we- gonna. I think we need to play it after the, the next break. We can pull it up and play it because the, here's the last uh, chorus. Okay. My heroes had the heart to live to live their lives out on a limb, and all I can remember is thinking, "I want to be just like them." Ever since I was little, ever since I was little, it looked like fun. And it's no coincidence that I've come and I can die when I'm done. And I think this is a message for, you know, this is this actually applies to you and I Mm. that when, you know, this is the reason we're here. And when when we're no longer needed, that's when I think the creator will take us and, we'll you know, we'll go on to the next phase of whatever the definition of life is. Yeah. Well, wow. It's pretty profound. Of course, you know, being on a mission, if you will. Uh, it definitely drives every aspect of your life. Thankfully, we have the strong women supporting us. Thank you, Deb, for uh, getting those words out for Dr. Batar. Appreciate that. And uh, we'll, we'll continue discussing this as well. We talked about the paradigm that doesn't meet, you know, the concept of believing it's the germ versus the law of the terrain. And that has corrupted all of medicine, as well as the abandonment of the spirit, you know, in the a vitalistic view, which is homeopathic and naturopathic and herbalistic, if you will. We look at the body as, uh, you know, having a vital force, a spark. And modern medicine became the molecular reductionist uh, wing, uh, the, mechan- the, the, the purely mechanical wing of life, which doesn't explain life. It only explains a machine. And that machine, the it doesn't explain life, it explains a machine, you're right. But here's the thing, Robert, the life is actually when we're talking about biological life for this plant or animal is actually the ultimate machine created by the ultimate engineer. Mm-hmm. And, and what we are doing is we're taking a fundamental basic understanding of how a machine works and applying it to an ultimate machine. We don't even have the ability to read the software that runs this machine called the human body, called, the, called life, called the physiological system that God designed. It's not just humans. I mean, it's right. all, all animals. But it's the ultimate piece of machinery. And what we don't understand or what we haven't realized is that these subtle things that we put into our system, nutrition that mm-hmm. makes us up and the trace elements and minerals, those are all part of that machinery. And when we put in garbage, it actually disrupts that machinery. Sure. And having said that, you put sugar inside a car engine, it'll shut down within an hour, two hours, maximum 24 hours. That engine's not going to run. Look at the crap that we put into our system and it still continues to run. Right. It defies, right. The, it defies every law that I know of. I'm amazed when I see some people that they're still alive with all right. the crap that's in their system. But that is the vital force again. It's that spark that runs this most amazing machine. And man in his arrogance thinks he can make really cool machines, but uh, they might be able to run on a form of fuel uh, of some kind. 
but it isn't the same as you said. You can gum up the works of a machine rather easily, but it's much more difficult to gum up the works of this human or animal machine because of the spark, you know, working its way around and through and adapting for survival. Now, it may not be optimal life, but it's it's some level of survival, and that's the ignorance of the vaccine pushers is that they're arguing that you're somehow better for, for gumming up the machine, however subtly or however powerfully, as we see it in terms of children with autism or even worse. Absolutely. You're absolutely correct. By the way, if we played a song on the radio, that's no different than anybody else playing a song, right? In fact, probably the people that wrote the song and Niles Barkley probably would love that uh, endorsement of their song, wouldn't they? Well, we can play a a burst of it. We can't play the whole thing without doing royalty, so uh, we can definitely play a key part of it. So we'll look for that coming back from the next break, and uh, Super Don will coordinate that for us, which will be great. Uh, So uh, other words, uh, I wanted to relate to another disease like smallpox. We said, well, where's smallpox? Well, honestly, they renamed it. uh, But the reality is as well, looking back in the medical history text, the homeopaths and the naturopaths were able to address smallpox uh, with relative ease, with little to no mortality, whereas the allopaths tried to treat the pox with mercury and killed the patient. So uh, their argument that they're the guys and gals to prevent disease just falls on, on my deaf ears at this point. Yeah, it's you can give credit to any any um, entity that you want. We already know that the prevailing scientific model, the evidence-based model that they take claim for, you know, of course, evidence-based is exactly what we do, and yet double-blind placebo-controlled crossover multicenter trials, which have never been called evidence-based until the last 10, 15 years. They've just taken the, the word evidence-based and called that evidence-based when we know it's, it has nothing to do with being right. based on evidence. But, you know, you take that information. We already know that those double-blind placebo-controlled multicenter crossover trials, many of those have now been proven to be falsified. The data was... Uh, well, indeed, that is. Hold on. we got to take a break here. we got one more segment, Advanced Medicine. We'll see if we can come back with Norris Barkley. Super Don, you can do it. And we'll be back in just a moment. Live around the world, the Robert Scott Bell Show. Dr. Batar, you were just talking about manipulating data. That that doesn't happen. Really? Well, you know as well as I do that it's been published now how many of these studies that have been done where the data was either, one, manipulated or worse, fabricated, completely pulled out of thin air, and then studies were uh, published calling it peer-reviewed and showing that it was, you know, went through this review and that analysis, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. and then even worse, other studies were done using that data as a precedent and then right. using that as a foundation. So you've got a house of lies built upon more lies, and so none of it is really true. And then, of course, they tout that as a science. And it goes back to what you said, that it's more mysticism. In fact, I think mysticism probably has more fact to it <laughs> than what they've done. Right. You're, you're so right. And, you know, that's the point of what Dr. Brian Hooker has shown with the CDC data. They have data that shows one thing. They, they man- manipulate, massage it in such a way that they release it as if it means the opposite. And if you can get to the raw data, you can actually see this. And that's what Brian Hooker is so good at doing as a Ph.D., 
and they're not liking that because he's one of them on the on the sense of the education level. It's one thing when they call me and they say, well, you're not a scientist, or even Dr. Bittar, they'll say, you're, well, you might be a DO, but you're not a scientist, and so they try to discredit you. But with another Ph.D. in that regard, the only thing can say, well, that's not your area of specialty. Actually, the area of specialty of his is he can see data and, and figure out what it actually means. Right. And that's exactly the, the source of threat for, the, for these people. You know, and it kind of goes back to what this song that we were talking about, Robert. If you think about it, there are three phases to that song. The first one is he's saying that it's not that he didn't know any information. You know, he remembers when he lost his mind. I love that part. I remember I remember when I lost my mind, there was something about that space. And he talks about that it wasn't that he didn't know enough. It was just that he knew too much. And that's why he was considered to be crazy by everybody else, which really follows right. exactly our role. That's how you know people have accused us both of being crazy. And then the <laughs> second portion of it, which is what I have said to the doctors that have come through my training program, the first day of the five-day AMSA training program, the 54 AMA Category 1 CME, HCCME accredited hours that we had for three and a half years before the medical board, you know, they threatened the, the uh, person, that, the people that were accrediting our course that if they continue to do it, they'd lose their jobs. But that course, the doctors, the first day, I would tell them, I'd warn them, you know, be very careful before you open this door because as soon as you open this door, the problem is you will never be able to go back into the darkness because once you have seen the light, you cannot exist in darkness anymore. And this is exactly what that second phase of the song is saying, you know, that um, you think you're in control, bless your soul. Mm-hmm. You know, he's, he's just talking about it, but be, 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 my only advice is think twice before you make an assumption of what you're seeing is to be the truth. And then the last part of the song, which I love too, is, that when he was younger, he thought that his and all his heroes, they, they weren't afraid to go out on a limb and, and risk life. And he always thought that was cool. And now he knows that when this information is done, um, then he doesn't have to be here anymore, which is really what I have always foreseen in my life, that when I'm no longer needed on this planet for the message that uh, I've been tasked to put out there, then I, I won't be here anymore. And I'm, I'm comfortable with that. In fact, I've looked up and at the sky more than once and said, hey, isn't it time for me to come back home yet? And I get that uh, laugh like, yeah, you wish it was that easy. They keep saying, nope, you've got some more advanced medicine Mondays in you, Dr. Bittar. Yeah, exactly, exactly. But, you know, what's interesting is you talk about how well this message is resonating to the people, you know, our message of what we're saying. And this song is – look at this song. You've heard this song. I've heard this song. I probably heard this song for three or four years before I really for the first time ever listened to the words. And on YouTube, over 45 million – People have listened to this song on YouTube. So how many people have worldwide listened to the song? What does that tell you about our message resonating? Right, yeah. There is an energy about it. People are drawn to it. Like we've said, the young people that listen to this show and really look forward to hearing you, Dr. Bittar, they resonate with authenticity. And they, they crave it because the rest of the media has long since abandoned it. And as many people that are trying to struggle and fight to keep what the old way was, which was the corrupt way, uh, they're not not any longer holding the dam back like they once were able to. Yep, I totally agree with that. And it's coming. The, the, the wave is coming, and, and I'm glad that I'm on the right side of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. We enjoy it each week, and we're going to enjoy getting together May 21st through 25th at Autism One, autismone.org. Also, Uh, The other one, AutismDefined.net. It's all linked up in the show notes today. And then again, we now realize Dr. Bittar and Ty Bollinger and I get together again, all together at Asheville, in Asheville, North Carolina. And that will be the 18th through the 21st of July. Well, with that, we're left to just remind you. And you know what that message is, Dr. Bittar. 
It's already over? Yeah. <laughs> We're just getting warmed up. <laughs> the power to heal is yours. Yeah. The Robert Scott the Bell Robert Show. Robert Scott Bell Show.